you live in illusion and the appearance of things. There is a reality, but you do not know this. When you understand this, you will see that you are nothing. And being nothing, you are everything. That is all. Cheeks stinging a bit as the patio door slams behind me. Puffs of hot air turn gray as I exhale. Lights twinkle on the eaves of the large colonial bungalows that line the sidewalks of my neighborhood. The change to cold weather and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer playing at the public supermarket signal more than that Christmas is just around the corner. Along with the freezing of the small bodies of water come a chill to my cheeriness and tears that roll down my cheeks as I drive back from lunch break. Welcome to The Imperfect Buddhist, where we discuss Zen Buddhism and incorporating mindfulness in a daily life. I'm Matt Hawk Mahoney, and today we're discussing the concept of leaving nothing out. We have been trained to pick and choose, to resist, to throw ourselves down onto the dirty floors of Walmarts and kick our legs in protest, when we don't get what we want, when things don't go the way we wanted them to. Yes, it's healthy to know what your preferences are, to make choices and actions that lead to your desired outcome. But what I'm talking about is something different. What I'm talking about is when we resist what is, the situations that in our heart of hearts, we really have done everything we can do to better the situation. And yet, in spite of all that effort, we still encounter the inevitable. We have a choice. We can be with what is. Or, as many of us habitually do, we can resist it, hate it, or cover over it with a thousand new onion layers. Like many people, I find myself knee-jerkingly returning to resistance when seasonal blues play their tune or the grinding wheels of anxious thoughts click into motion while I'm helping the 300th customer of the day. Over time, though, the power of Zazen has widened my center of peace and given me a sense of balance in challenging times. Subtle forms of resistance still remain. When at Christmas, for instance, two days ago, I began pacing and clenching my jaw. A quote from the Tao of Jeet Kune Do, a book expressing Bruce Lee's martial arts philosophy, touches on the concept of leaving nothing out. It says, Voidness is that which stands right in the middle between this and that. The void is all-inclusive, having no opposite. There is nothing which excludes or opposes. It is a living void, because all forms come out of it, and whoever realizes the void is filled with life and power and the love of all human beings. couple bumps in the old black and gray cement road make me bounce in my seat a little bit. A few tears run down my cheek. Something old from many Christmas times ago. Something I haven't mourned back then. Hey, Matt, 
how's it going? My coworker Abby asks, plumes of dust flying as I set down the books I had been researching. Not good, I say, looking up at her. I'm having a really tough time. All day yesterday, my body felt filled with lead, the light from my mind flickering as its power source ran low. Every year, as the winter sets in, there's a chilling of my spirit. Early on, years ago, my resistance would be smeared on thick, and my legs would tremble as I made my way to the finish line of warmer, brighter weather. As I said, not good, I'm having a really tough time. It occurred to me, this is what non-resistance and commitment to the truth looks like. Sitting there with my corona mask, Stacking the dusty hardcovers, I sweated just a little bit from all the writhing occurring inside of me, and yet I wasn't resisting. I saw what was happening, and I allowed it to be there. In Jack Cornfield's book, After the Ecstasy of the Laundry, he says, Consciously suffer. Become the ground where the sorrows can be held and reworked. These things can be carried with grace, but it can't be faked. The heart has to willingly hold the whole of suffering for it to be transformed. My mom's voice crackled a bit as she was just waking up on the west coast. Hey honey, she said. What are you guys up to for Christmas? What's that I detected in her voice? This trailing off. A dull burn, then a tightening around the pain, protecting myself. If I were to put into words the inward pain, its question would say, Does my mom love me? Heck, does my mom even like me? What would resistance look like? in response to this situation. The voice in the head of resistance might say something like, grow up, you're 30 years old, soon to be 31. You're not a baby, grow the fuck up. I would do this for a time. I could push the insecurity away until its crying eyes were revealed again somewhere later in life. What else could resistance look like? What's another voice that resistance could take? Maybe it would sound like this in your head. Ah, come on, your mom loves you. What are you thinking? You're tripping, man. When we walk the path of leaving nothing out, we don't do either of these things. Instead, we see what's happening inside of us. We touch what's there. It may not be the expected efficiency required of us by modern mentality. The modern mentality that says, hey, you gotta be happy and quick. If you aren't gonna be happy anytime real soon, then we'll need you to take this pill. When we walk the path of leaving nothing out, we rest in what is. When we are solidly grounded in what is happening inside of us, we see our minds and its myriad dramas for what they are. When we encounter these energies and begin to work with them, true healing is possible. One of my all-time favorite books is The Road Less Traveled by M. Scott Peck. In it, he says, Truth or reality is avoided when it's painful. We can revise our maps only when we have the discipline to overcome that pain. To have such a discipline, we must be totally dedicated to the truth. That is to say that we must always hold truth as best we can determine it, to be more important, more vital to our self-interest than our comfort. Conversely, we must always consider our personal discomfort relatively unimportant and, indeed, even welcome it in the service of the search for truth. Mental health is an ongoing process of dedication to reality at all costs. M. Scott Peck, The Road Less Traveled. 
It's my second day of training at the brand new waterfront restaurant named Tap Rock in Grants Pass, Oregon. For an hour, my small silver Nokia phone buzzed on repeat. Reaching down into my jean pockets, I would silence it. Walking under the bridge where we would take our smoke breaks, I pulled out my phone. Ten missed calls. Dialing my sister, her voice came through. Matt, you might want to sit down. Dad's dead. I never understood knee-buckling, incapacitating crying until that moment. Eleven years later now, an image of one of my memories of my father pops up. I know she's fun, Matt, he said, but she has cherries on her seat covers, he finished, pointing to my girlfriend's Volkswagen Jetta in the driveway. Nothing left out. That concept seems hard to apply in the death of a parent, doesn't it? But it also seems insane to do anything other than accept death. Maybe that's why our society has such a sweep-it-under-the-rug approach to death. Maybe it's because there's nothing we can do about it. No amount of positive thinking or self-talk can change the reality of death. Death and the loss of any future memories that may have been made with my father, that's the reality. My ability to embrace the reality of my father's death changes and varies through the years, but perhaps because death is so final, it has forced me into a state of leaving nothing out into a state of acceptance. But all of this is just talk if we don't have the tools to engage with our life and emotions in this way. How do we cultivate this big mind that allows us to leave nothing out? Zazen. Zazen, or seated meditation, cultivates a presence that transforms our way of being with ourselves. When we sit in Zazen, we aren't after anything or doing some self-improvement project. We are simply coming home to ourselves and what is true. In the stillness of Zazen, we encounter an opening of our hearts and a peace blossoming out of stillness. In all the greatest teachings of Zen, we find little explanation of what one finds when they cultivate a true sitting practice. We encounter sayings like, don't try to get somewhere to do something. Instead, be like a child, naturally joyous, naturally awake. And this from Kaizen Jokin, who is considered to be the second great founder of the Soto School of Zen in Japan. He says, Now, Sazen is entering directly into the ocean of Buddha nature and manifesting the body of Buddha. The pure and clear mind is actualized in the present moment. The original light shines everywhere. Sazen alone brings everything to rest and flowing freely reaches everywhere. So Sazen is like returning home and sitting in peace. Kaizen Jokin. Moving forward, I see a challenge when it comes to implementing the concept of leaving nothing out. The challenge will be living through the rawness that is experienced when I pony up and feel what I once had resisted. This episode has been kind of a tough one. Reflecting on the relationship with my mother and exposing some of my soft underbelly when it comes to relationships is a little bit scary. But I'm not dead, and I feel a little bit lighter when I told you all this. Maybe you'll give it a try sometime? If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to my podcast for future Buddhism and mindfulness content. Thanks for sharing this moment with me and have a great day. 